Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way, our Southridge member podcast, giving everyone the inside scoop on church life. Hope you've enjoyed uh, a bit of a break for the past month, but uh, now that it's August, we're going to dive back in. And today I've got a special guest, our First Impressions Director, Christy Wilms. Christy, welcome. Thank you. And uh, say hi to everybody across all of our locations. Hello, everybody. Uh, for those who may not know you, you're from our Welland location, so I'm sure most of our Welland crowd knows you, but for those from other locations who might not know you, just give us a little bit of a background, where you came from, family life, that kind of stuff, so that we can get inside your world a little bit. Sure, yeah. Well, I'm born and raised uh, in Niagara, in the little town of Fenwick, to be exact, and I've lived there for actually 34 and a half of my 36 and a half years of life. Wow. I've uh, had the, I'm living in the exciting times of giving my best go at momming to my daughter Addison, who's nine, and my son Ashton, who is seven. And together with my husband of over 15 years, we have fun doing things like traveling, uh, creating all sorts of fun adventures with our kids, our families, our friends. But personally, I would say I have a love for all things food, coffee, travel, running. And outside of that, I just like to see what the day brings. Awesome. You and I were the uh, first two to have daughters named Addie. And now it feels like everyone and their dog has a daughter named Addie. And setters. There are even Adeline's now who are uh, kids on staff in addition to, to mine. So that's that's been kind of fun. Hey, uh, walk us through the story of how you ended up on staff here, because that was a little peculiar and not the... Uh, not the typical path that every staff takes. Totally. Well, I was going to say that's a funny story, but I think that is quite common sometimes to have a funny story. Um, our family had been around Southridge at the time for about five years when that all kind of came together. I had already had a short stint of volunteering in family ministry and quickly realized when that wasn't my sweet that 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 wasn't my sweet spot. And so they had moved me over to a vacancy in Welland at the, as the leader of First Impressions, because no one was actually formally in that role. And so I had the, actually the honor of working closely, closely alongside with who many of you know, Vicki Giles. And though uh, we had many uh, giftings that were different, one of, our, uh, one of our mutual holy discontents was just towards hospitality. Uh, and that was definitely a passion that we had shared. And so after being in that role for about three years, um, I definitely definitely found my place in our Welling community, and I had the pleasure of getting to know so many folks uh, around there, both new families and old families and what I was doing. Um, and yeah, it was just it just felt like a natural fit, and then I was in my groove there. But just as things naturally do uh, when they're comfortable, a new opportunity had presented itself. And I remember the day that the email came into my inbox, and I was sure that it was a mistake. I had actually been nominated for eldership. <laughs> After clarifying which, that... Which is a process that we're all very familiar <laughs> with now. So yes. this is a few rounds ago. Yep, yep. Um, and after clarifying that that email was certainly in the current, uh, correct inbox, uh, I first wrestled, uh, just wrestled with the... The thought, is this something I believe uh, in myself to even move through the process uh, to consider? And B, almost more important, do folks I respect and trust in our community feel the same? So it was a season of lots of wrestling, turning over rocks, having lots of chats over coffee, praying, and even amongst all that still, I had a sense of unsureness in that. 
But one of the huge upsides to that season for me was that I was asked the question, was able to ask myself the question even before the job part of, am I going to step into vocational ministry? Uh, I was pr- uh, I was pretty much through the process, and luckily, uh, on the end of that processing, had a sunny vacation in uh, the DR. Uh, when I got a vague email again from our friend Vicky Giles asking if we could chat when I got back, naturally, as an eight on the enneagram or someone who always has something something to say, I was trying to imagine if I was going to be in trouble for something when I returned, or. Uh, with no other details, you know, what was this going to be? So outside of my usual usual tendencies, I didn't ask too many questions. And I just simply said, sure, wrapped up my week uh, with my head swirling and uh, connected with her when I got back. So when I got back, I met with Vicky actually and Ben Lockyer, who was overseeing our connection department at the time. And in lieu of Andrea Kane, who some of you may also know, she was going, uh, she had the position, sorry, of the director of connection and was going on a maternity leave. So there was a one year vacancy uh, to fill. They wanted to discuss if I had an interest in the role. So here I am having done weeks of uh, pre-processing around eldership. And now I'm halfway through the eldership process. And now I have the job opportunity street, uh, job opportunity and ministry in front of me. So at the time, I was in my 11, uh, 11th year of my career with Meridian Credit Union, working in the Fawn Hill branch, which is about eight minutes from our house. The hours were pretty great, and I really loved everything even about working there. I was far from searching the classifieds for new employment. So once I learned that they were actually interested here in offering me the role, which was 32 hours a week, about half an hour from home, that left me with the job of having to discern, to discern if I was walking away from 11-year career for a one-year maternity leave coverage, if that was a good idea, or maybe just keep my job and continue in the process of eldership. So I did what all smart people do, and I asked you. <laughs> of course, in addition to... Of course, che- <laughs> I didn't want you being my boss, so I, right, I, I, right. I encouraged the staff position totally. heavily. And, of course, in addition to chatting with some friends who already were working here and at Southridge... Uh, who knew me, they knew this place and overall that it felt like probably a better choice for just who I was, that I was maybe more of a doer being hands-on and that would fit more in the employment side uh, than than what would lend in the eldership role. So with a strong piece after all of that, I took a stab at the job, uh, still managed the odd uh, jab on how I bailed out on uh, eldership, and I've made the transition from the financial industry into the ministry world. And here I sit. And here you sit. And uh, yeah, I mean, not everyone gets hired halfway through an eldership appointment mm. process. And not everyone lands a long-term role here on staff having quit a marketplace job just for a one-year mat leave with no determined future after that. <laughs> uh, so can you walk us through the shift from taking that mat leave in the director of connection uh, role into a role now overseeing first impressions, which was originally, like you said, that was Vicky's, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. so how did that all shift so that you can be in the role that you're in now? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I still actually ask, what is my actual position? But all, all jokes aside, as I mentioned, I came to Southridge covering the maternity leave of Andrea that you mentioned uh, in connection. Uh, but also in that season, um, I was uh, transitioning to over, uh, sorry, 
in that season, that role was actually transitioning to oversee the front desk uh, here at Southridge. Vicky was uh, seeing that, but Andrea was going into that. And with her mat leave, that became mine too. Uh, it was actually a great way to get a bird's eye view of Southridge, uh, as in that centralized role, not only did I get deep into the uh, thick of connection, uh, but I also became very connected into many departments in the support of, of that role and just how it played out. Uh, so the year went by and Andrea came back, but wasn't looking to pursue full time again. And so we started to job share her role. But then in... oh. But then in uh, addition to that, my role took on the additional work of centralized event planning, which was right up my alley. It kind of got me flexing some of those hospitality uh, muscles. And uh, and then, yeah, when in a little less of a year later, Andrea went on her second maternity leave. Uh, and so they actually had a new hire, which uh, took some space, more space off my plate. And then the natural transition of moving and having the space uh, to become the director of first impressions for our three locations just kind of all came together. Yeah, I would say for my seat, you know, Vicky overseeing first impressions ministry and then transitioning to oversee the department creates this vacancy of, okay, so who can who can kind of fit into to oversee first impressions? And you've got this staffer who's on a mat leave or covering a mat leave, who's, you know, starting now to dabble in front office and reception and event planning, all these things, while, I don't know if you were still carrying this, but from your volunteer background, you were the first impressions kind of uh, point person in Welland. So you had that background and it just kind of felt like a fit. And again, in the sovereignty of God, one thing was leading to another and that was kind of cool. So today, that brings us to today, um, you are our uh, Director of First Impressions Ministry here at Southridge. And as you said already, Chris, you, you champion the value of hospitality. So let's talk about that for a few minutes before we get into some of the volunteer opportunities. Why is hospitality so important and particularly important in a church? Sure. Uh, that's a great question. Um, one that only doesn't live here in my role of first impressions, but I'll try and stay focused in my lane. Uh, one of the first things I would want to say is that folks can be arriving wherever you are here on our property from so many places. But one feeling that seems to be common when someone comes to visit us for the first time is just that feeling of angst. Uh, we've all been to someone's house for the first time when we're still a guest and in guest mode. For some, I know it quickly changes to become a knock and walk and pour your own beverage atmosphere. But that first visit where you're still a little timid, it can make or break your future experience and comfort level in someone's house. So uh, if the host goes out of their way to make you feel noticed, cared for, and make your experience enjoyable, uh, that totally just changes things. So in the same context of church or a, you know, in a faith body, for many of us, it's just an extension of our home. So we should see it no different. Folks come here from such a variety of places, experiences, even the stories uh, that are in their minds before arriving on our steps of, of here at Southridge. So I just think what we do and how we extend our hospitality can just help them write the next chapter. And that is on us. And obviously the the the, the kind of person, when you're using the, the home metaphor, which I think is mm. great, right? we're trying to ultimately include people and make them feel welcome in our church family. You know, to kind of become part of that church family, we're, we're trying to incorporate people, the language we use, we're trying to incorporate people into community. And, it, you know, so that creates a, a difference. And I hope our members can appreciate this, the, the difference between just being friendly people and actually offering legitimate 
hospitality. You know, I'm thinking of someone who works at a store, go to the Penn Center and, you know, hello, can I help you? Like they might be friendly first impression, but they're not, they're not helping to do the latter. From your perspective, what's the difference between those two, just gen- general friendliness and legitimate hospitality? For sure. Yeah. Uh, kind of even what I was saying before, we can all have a group of people over, put out snacks, kind of like in the home metaphor, have the front door unlocked and have them arrive to a house that is prefer- prepared physically. And that would be friendly. Uh, But if we're going to host, if we're going to be legitimately hospitable, uh, we need to see, we need to hear, we need to get to know our guests. uh, And we need to not only be ready for them, like I said, physically, but we need to be ready to hear their stories, connect them into ours, and then help them transition as quickly as they're ready from feeling like a guest to feeling like that they're home here with us. So Yeah, and and, just so we're clear, this value of hospitality beyond just mere friendliness Mm -hmm. is more than just good business practice, right? I know a lot of companies, hotels or whatever, you know, they master this stuff. But for a church, you know, we're trying to exude who Jesus is to people. And especially in the first impressions that we make. So talk about how hospitality helps us do that. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah, that's something that I would actually have a couple thoughts on. And uh, the first would be more personal. I actually grew up in a church uh, where we had two services each weekend, and it was quite custom to be at both. Uh, and so when I just think about this, uh, one of the things that made it me rarely, if ever, regret going was to people. Seeing friends, uh, making connections, and growing in relationships. And so I share that uh, to make the point that in relationship, experiencing friendships, um, you know, they're the very essence of community. And that's the very essence and the core of who Jesus was and is. But also something that I think softens folks up to showing up around here Uh, and being in our faith body, um, yeah, I just feel like the church has a real responsibility, uh, you know, to show up in that way. Yeah, that belonging is a precursor to believing for many people. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. Keeps them coming back. Yeah. Um, The second thing I would just quickly point out as well is just even where it says, like, in Romans 12, 13, like, share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Um, I think that just practicing a lifestyle of hospitality is to portray the very essence, like I mentioned, essence of love that Jesus was. I think when we practice it, we're uh, we're just kind of giving out little glimpses of Jesus and through that, allowing folks to experience Jesus and have a very, uh, like, a better understanding of the very person he was. And so through opening up people's hearts just in that community and then being little glimpses of him through our hospitality, we just can't afford not to extend it. I think about the the series that we did back over a year ago uh, called Start the Party. Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking about just how core to Jesus' way of life and affecting people, engaging in just raw hospitality was, right? Very casual, very informal but certainly very deliberate and, and heartfelt and it affects people. And and then, you know, when you, when you take that and add some of what would be maybe more of the kind of corporate research to this sort of stuff, you know, I've, I've, I've read different statistics. I don't know exactly what the, the real number is, but I hear often many people will make up their mind about your church within like the first 30 seconds, right? Like the, the, I don't think we appreciate always how significant the literal first impression that we create is 
not just to whether people feel safe and welcome in our community on a Sunday or when they visit the property, but literally to how endeared they are to a faith journey in general. And so I, I don't want to over-spiritualize the role of hospitality, but I definitely don't want to under-spiritualize it. It's massive in the faith journey of, of people. Um, at a practical level, Chris, when we talk about first impressions ministry, uh, it's more than just being hospitable people. There are actually roles and uh, you know different responsibilities that this ministry has. Can you just orient us as members across all of our locations to what FIM, we call it First Impressions Ministry, F-I-M, FIM, what what does FIM include, and you know what are all the different roles, particularly on Sunday mornings, that are umbrellaed around First Impressions Ministry? Yeah, in the simplest form, uh, First Impressions consists of these teams: we have parking, tour guides, cafe, a welcome center, we have greeters, ushers, first response, and never to be forgotten, our baking team. Uh, each of these team, teams actually play a pretty specific role that com- uh, contributes to the overall uh, overall sorry guest experience here at Southridge. Uh, I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'll actually just walk through some of those and just give you an idea on how they interact. That would be very helpful. I, I'm Sunday sitting here mornings. thinking like there are going to be some people that are hearing that list having no idea that some of these teams even exist. For sure, for sure. So starting at the top with the parking team, they're the first face uh, that our guests will see when they arrive, which gives them actually the opportunity to create a positive experience before a guest even enters our building. Hopefully, or, or we, we try to equip them to be able to identify familiar faces, folks that might have special needs, elderly, and our families uh, that might be maybe want to park closer to the door. Uh, and that's just a huge factor in creating a sense of belonging for a new or existing attendees. Uh, next would be our tour guide teams, which uh, they have a pretty clear understanding and ownership of the vision and values of Southridge. And we uh, equip them to answer almost any questions that newcomers may have about Southridge and even actually more specifically in the kids ministry world. Uh, their role is to walk alongside a new family as much or as little as that family might wish. And they'll make sure that the children, uh, when applicable, are comfortable and settled. And then they'll use the rest of their time actually to get to know uh, the caregivers. Yeah, the, the tour guide role is an opt-in mm-hmm. for people. We don't force it on, exactly. on people because a lot of times uh, people who are visiting churches want to remain anonymous. But uh, there are some people who will kind of take you under their wing and give you the insider scoops and even kind of walk you through parts of the building just to kind of orient you so that you can more quickly, more immediately become comfortable in this yeah. new location that you're in. We like to call it the VIP treatment. Right, right. That's right. Um, so we are, next we have our cafe teams. Uh, they help create a, a huge sense of community for guests. We've actually always had the posture that everything in our cafe is free. Uh, and we do that to just limit any barriers for our guests uh, to participate and connect with us. Our motto in the cafe is actually come early and stay late. Uh, since we actually, I mean, one of the things we say around here is that life change uh, happens best in relationship. And therefore, we always just feel like what better place to start uh, than our Sunday mornings in the cafe. Yeah, and you see those there. That's a little more public role. I mean, they're hmm. the barista, bartender, kind of they're, they're that personality yep. that... Even in the 30 seconds of, you know, filling your mug and, and finding the cream or sugar or whatever, uh, the, the relational connectivity and engagement of those people, not just to make sure that those 
coffee pots are full, right? It's the relational side. Uh, it's, it's very significant. Yeah. Uh, our greeting team, I mean, that is a, a crew of volunteers who, you know, their main focus is just to, provo- uh, to provide a warm and uh, warm welcome to all of our guests. Um, the goal of the greeting volunteers is to just serve our guests and became, uh, if they can become an active connector in our community. So sometimes their interaction is more brief, but, you know, we strive to make it as warm and meaningful as possible. Yeah, those are the, those are the bouncers at the front of the auditorium <laughs> when people walk in. <laughs> right. Uh, and we have uh, uh, the ushering team. Um, they assist guests to find hopefully a comfortable location in our auditoriums. Uh, and many times they'll have a, familiar, a familiarity with our guests um, that allows the ushers to know what particular individual or family needs to feel comfortable, may- maybe where they regularly sit and helping them find that spot. So, And then also our ushers will help to assist with the offering on Sunday mornings. But helping to find that comfortable location is really where we like them to put their focus. Yeah, and then our Welcome Center, uh, that team exists to help answer any questions as well that our guests might have. Uh, And so our Welcome Center volunteers do their best to be keenly aware of the questions behind the questions as guests actually reach out. Uh, And the Welcome Center is a great starting point for our guests' first conversation and a first, you know, strong relational connect uh, in our community. Uh, Next up is our first responders. Now, these are individuals who help and care for our attendees on a Sunday morning uh, in more of a practical way. They're equipped to provide provide first aid and CPR and are the first to respond in a medical emergency situation. These uh, folks are fully trained volunteers uh, just to care for the individual crises or respond accordingly. Uh, They'll also do some of the paperwork if needed to track an incident or provide uh, the proper follow-up there. So... Yeah, this is another one of those interesting ones that most people probably have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, someone has a heart attack. We, mm. we actually have trained, I'll call them professionals, but they're, yes. they're volunteers in our context. Yes. Who uh, can come in and provide medical, uh, medically equipped supports uh, in a first response kind of a way. Very key. Yes. They're the one team that we hope we don't have to. Right. That know. we never use. And we feel good about that. Um, and then last, as I said in the beginning, but far from least, we have our baking team. And uh, they provide baking actually for our volunteers on a Sunday morning. They're actually a crew that can often feel confused if they're actually part of the First, in, uh, first Impressions ministry team or not, as they're not actually on our front lines. But I always like to assure them that their very role is equally vital as any, as their gift to contribute is part of the very few that keeps our other more frontline volunteers moving in the morning. So I actually have a special place in my heart for our bakers in all of our location. So yeah. And the bakers, they, they become extra critical in a two service economy. For don't sure. they, right. I remember, you know, anytime I'm preaching in a two service environment or a multiple service environment, you forget how hungry you are after that first service totally. and, so that you're not fainty in the second service. It's, yep. it's, uh, it's a, it's a huge perk for sure. So that actually would sum up the official roles that make up first impressions. Of course, there's all sorts of little things that happen in different moments, but that would be, you know, the outline of who we are. Yeah. The interesting part of that, you know, when I think back to our our history and how God's grown our church, every one of these kind of sections or components of first impressions ministry was at one point just a need that we saw, right? Hey, we need help parking these cars. I'm watching cars pull in can't scan a spot and leave right away. Like we need a little more organization and hospitality there. 
um, you, you know, you go down the, the road. We, we need people that just answer people's questions. So we create these welcome centers, things like that. Um, these days, are, are, are there any conversations kind of on the horizon where we're seeing additional needs that could potentially use additional first impressions style support or could become uh, first impression ministries? Yeah, I was yeah just thinking about that. Well, I think that overall, I mean, our church gets our desire and our need for hospitality, and I would also feel like first in our first impressions volunteers bring a bit of uh, hospitality in whatever additional ministries they're serving in. But we can always, you know, strive for more. Kind of like you're asking there. That's a bit of our never satisfied model that we have around here. Um, but one of the perks of the first impressions ministry when it comes to growing our teams or, or seeing, seeing new needs is that we generally get to meet all the new folks uh, first that kind of show up around here. And so we have a frontline look at uh, who we could invite to serve with us. And with that being the case, our teams have always had a steady stream of new folks coming on in the seasons where we may also have folks transitioning out. Yeah, so there's always kind of a rotation, but a, a, a great way to involve people. But before we get into that, uh, let's just talk then about the impact of this ministry. I know these are all different roles and they kind of do different things, but at the end of the day, they have very similar impact. Um, and all of these we refer to as a ministry. This is First Impressions Ministry. So in your mind, Chris, who does, who does First Impressions Ministry ultimately serve? Right. Uh, I mean... Without sounding too vague, I would say First um, Impressions Ministry serves everyone who walks uh, in our doors. Uh, we definitely have a focus in uh, some of our roles towards maybe the new person or the guest. But our First Impressions teams uh, over all of our locations serve anyone who's in our building on a Sunday morning. So, you know, whether that's the support we play to kids ministry or in the support that we play even in some of the connection or in the inspiration things that are happening. So, you know, again, it sounds kind of vague, but you know, we're kind of over, yeah. overarching it all. And uh, when you talk about serving people and kind of affecting them, changing their lives, you know, are there any stories that are kind of top of list for you of here's a life or here's a family or here's a person uh, who was changed by God initially or primarily through the ministry of First Impressions? I think that for the easiest way or, you know, maybe not to reflect on a specific story, Jeff, but... Uh, to kind of reflect on some of the, um, you know, the focus that we are changing lives through First Impressions. One of the things that I've just never lost sight of and why we're doing what we're doing through First Impressions is, uh, is I always go back to the person, and I've done this on multiple experiences, and that's why I'm not pulling out one specific, is to check in with the person who's been around for three or four months, uh, who can still remember those first few visits, uh, but is around long enough to be actually open with us and how it was. And, you know, just talking to them about their story and like you alluded to before, how, you know, that first moment they'll either come back or or they won't, you know, how they can almost make that decision so quickly. Um, just hearing the story on how the, hospi uh, the hospitality that they received around here was just life changing um, in the trajectory of their journey. And and it's, you know, it's through those first steps of hospitality that we'll even generally find folks connecting into life groups or different events that are happening. And that's even where some of the stories uh, that I've heard have more evolved, maybe not through that first point of hospitality, but how we've used that first step to actually connect them into, you know, whether it's our anchor cause or our life groups and things like that, and just how those groups have even further impacted. So it all kind of dominoes back to the 
you know, how hospitality has affected them and how that's actually just made like such a change in their life. Yeah. It's not like countless people are coming up to you after their first experience on a Sunday saying, wow, that first impression ministry was amazing. <laughs> it's only afterwards where you discover how significant right. that was. I, I would track with that. One, one of the things I would want to say in, in my experience that again, at some level it struck me, but I should be embarrassed that it strikes me, I, I guess, is how much the free gift for the new person that's available at the Welcome Center matters. Mm -hmm. I've talked to countless people who, you know, pe people track with this. They, they, For some of us who are members and have been around for a while, we might feel like that, that offering announcement, mm -hmm. if you're a guest, be our guest, don't feel obligated to give, let this service be a gift to you. In fact, we have a free gift for you. You can go to the Welcome Center and whether it's a jar of jam or uh, lately it's been this, you know, new reusable mug, uh, whatever, whatever that free gift is, as we've directed people, people take us up on that offer. Mm -hmm. Friends of mine, neighbors, all of a sudden they'll say, hey, I've got, I've got to go get my free gift. And I'm like, you're what? Oh, yeah, I've, <laughs> I said that, right? <laughs> you got to go get your free gift. And just how much that matters and just how much then their relationship with the person behind the desk at the Welcome Center connects them, it, it's, it strikes me again and again and again. And I hope that people... Uh, can appreciate the significance of this first impression contribution in all these ways, coffee, parking. I mean, parking, especially is that first 30 seconds, they have an extraordinary impact. And I hear from people so many times, you know, you, you had me at hello, <laughs> you know, in, in the parking lot and uh, that kind of helped them embark on a, on a life of faith. So, you know, again and again, and again, let's, let's appreciate that significance. Um, want to shift gears here and talk about, because uh, we're in August and we're building up for another fall launch. We want to help you build these teams for this year. So as we're recruiting for the fall ministry season, um, is it fair to say that First Impression Ministry requires a certain kind of personality? Like, or can anybody serve in FIM? Talk, talk about that a little bit. Sure. That's a great question. I mean, the short answer I actually want to say is no, it doesn't require a, spe a specific personality, but it does almost require a certain level of dis, you know, of, of heart posture or what you want to see done. Um, I think that first impressions in the different roles, and, and we've talked about some that have more longer engagement and some shorter engagement, uh, it can really host a variety of, a variety of people with a variety of personalities. Yeah, I find uh, sometimes these are what we call ministries of involvement, where the primary ministry can be more than just the ministry it provides. It can be the ministry to the person you're including, because these can be great, what we call first serve uh, opportunities. And so, yeah, I think if you're a tour guide, you probably need to know a little bit about, you know, how to get around the building and what everything is for. But there are some that you can plug in uh, quite early on in your journey. And so long as you have, like you said, so long as you have that underlying posture. Now, practically, are there any skills or capacities for different roles that are required? For sure. The capacities that folks would need to have to serve on uh, FIM, kind of like I even said before, would be that posture, that love for people. And that doesn't mean everyone has to be extremely extroverted. They don't have to be overly social, uh, but just kind of have the love that would push you into action to show up wherever you're needed. You know, some roles, like we said, the welcome center, the cafe, the tour guide, they require folks to be a little bit more engaged in longer conversations, to get to know folks' needs, 
And you have to, uh, yeah, you know, you have to be in contact with guests for a little longer, for a little longer periods of times. Um, but we have other areas like greeting, ushering, parking, where the, you know, in general, they're a bit more fast paced and they do have a huge impact in the overall experience, but they allow for the folks who maybe aren't quite as bent towards lengthier interactions to have a place where they can still serve and stretch in their hospitality side. So does that mean folks may still have to stretch? Always. I think that will just be part of the role. Uh, But of course, um, it's in those moments that I actually think our folks experience growth. So I think it's pretty much doable for almost anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, Time availability. Mm -hmm. If someone's thinking, okay, I want to serve in the cafe. I see people at Starbucks and that looks fun. I could be doing that here at Southridge. Well, you know, stuff like that. What's the time availability and commitment that someone would need to have to serve in first impressions? Do I have to work the parking lot every Sunday for the rest of my life or how does that all work? Of course, yeah. Uh, Most of our first impressions teams serve in a one in four week model. Uh, So being able to arrive at your location probably 30 minutes prior to the service with the exception of our cafes who show up a bit earlier. And then in some roles, staying about 30 minutes after our services is the kind of the extent of the commitment that folks uh, would need to make. So um, most of, if not all roles, would also actually allow folks to take in our, the majority of our Sunday morning experience. And so it's just a great way to get involved, not only perhaps in some of, you know, if you're in some of your earlier stages of calling Southridge home, it's a, it's a great way that you can already start to plug in. But for anyone who has just a desire to see it become home for others, you know, this is the ministry for you. Yeah, so it's not necessarily uh, an issue of of radically increased frequency, but it is an issue of increased longevity. You're coming earlier, you're staying later than you would if you were just attending the service on Sunday. Um, As a person who is involved in the ministry area, and this is true of all of our ministries, it's not just a place for output, also one where you receive input. So let's talk about how people grow uh, as they serve in in a first impression ministry. Um, start with the support that leaders like you want to provide the ministry, because it's not just a matter of I show up and I uh, get handed a vest and go stand in the parking lot and have to figure out what I'm doing. Talk about the supports that you provide as a leader of first impressions. Totally, yeah, of course. And in so many ways, I've stepped into even to this leadership role myself, having learned and leading on the support of even those around me. Uh, but as you're asking, as a leader, there's a variety of ways that I would want to support Uh, our first impressions team in all of our locations. Uh, But for those who aren't aware, we would actually have a model where each, where even though I'm in a staff role here centrally, each of our locations have two key lead uh, first impressions volunteers. And so one of my main focuses is actually to work with them as they lead in, uh, in the context of their own location. So some of my, you know, things that I would share would be a more specific context to them. Uh, and something folks may not know is that, you know, once a month, uh, your location, first impression leader, we would actually get together as a group and spend, you know, over a couple hours um, just kind of working through what's going on in our locations, uh, what kind of things do we need to focus on, what kind of maybe issues or things are happening great. So just the fact that we carve out two and a half hours a month to be together as leaders, uh, I think is just really one of those things that trickles down that our leaders are feeling more confidence, you know, one level, 
you know, or one more way to invest in their folks on the ground. And that was, again, a rhythm that was passed along to me from Vicki Giles, who's seen that as a non-negotiable early on in her ministry season. And it's just been, I think, life-giving in our ability to grow in our leadership, you know, across all of our locations. Yeah. So at a very practical level, um, there's pretty much always a first impressions leader at that location because we have two and so one can be on vacation or whatever. We have two that are designated that are part of this kind of senior first impressions uh, ministry leadership team that can kind of be the backbone of empowering all of the first impressions activity on any given Sunday. So, you know, you're definitely not alone. (laughs) Um, Any specific trainings in any of these ministry areas that happen? Yep. Yep. Um, Again, I mean, Going back to a little bit, just we'll go there and move forward in even in amongst our leaders, we're constantly connecting them, equipping them with even some of our broader leaders, whether it's with first impressions, you know, whether it's times like yourself or with the inspiration uh, leader, Jeff, uh, just to prepare our leaders, you know, in turn. Uh, to equip their folks who are on the ground in their location. So that that training or that connection to those levels has been super instrumental in our ability uh, to run our locational teams. But as far as bigger training, I mean, from first responders to be uh, making things like CPR training available to them, or uh, generally once a year, we would try to gather as many folks as we can together uh, just to talk about some of the things that are happening, whether that happens locationally or as one big uh, big group. We just uh, kind of take a sense of where locations are at as far as time and things like that. But, you know, generally we take the iron, uh, you know, sharpens iron approach in the sense of, you know, gathering these hospitality like-minded folks together and kind of saying, what are the needs? Where do we need to lean uh, lean in? What do you see as opportunities and how can we make those happen? And as you've got a, a first impressions team, you know, a parking team or greeter team or whatever, um, assembling as part of this larger team for their locations, first impression, or even like you said, doing churchwide gatherings, trainings, inspiration on the Valley of Hospitality, and things like that. Um, it, 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 I feel like a huge growth opportunity or a huge benefit from serving in first impressions ministry is this kind of inner circle belonging opportunity. Like you, you go from you know being a guest to now being a host. And it, it kind of vaults you into some of the inner circle, inner loop kind of things. Can you talk about the belonging that First Impressions Ministry provides for the people who are serving in it? For sure. Yeah, one of the amazing things about joining First Impressions is that because you're on, once you're on the team, anyone that comes new after you just assumes that you're a veteran around here. Uh, and so they, you know, they, you quickly can feel like you're at home, even if it hasn't been. It's the, over- the power of a name tag. <laughs> right? So, and yet uh, we have the, uh, we have experienced time after time that our newest folks can actually be the best ambassadors to our new folks because the fears and the needs of being new is still so fresh, but perhaps similar to any, uh, any other team, but unique to the constant chances to meet new people in first impressions uh first impressions just puts you in proximity to so many opportunities to connect and be around other like-minded folks uh we're just a crew of people who like who like people and have a desire to see uh folks feel welcome so i feel like it's fairly safe to say that we do our best to provide the same care to other peoples that we would amongst our teams so as i might have even mentioned before i've been in many uh internal 
uh, you know, scenarios where I find out folks, you know, might quickly get involved in a, into first impressions, but that leads to joining a life group or an anchor cause. It feels like it's an easy first step that draws them into that inner circle that you're referring to. Yeah, first impressions is a great access point to belonging to the whole church and even getting involved in other ministry mm-hmm. uh, beyond there. So, you know, for those of us who are members and maybe especially longer time members, uh, you know, maybe we've served in first impressions or maybe we've never considered it, but could consider it today. Or maybe more importantly, you know, we know people in our circle that are newer or potentially newer to our community that we would love to include in belonging to something. Uh, first impressions really has a, a, a kind of a capacity to accommodate newer people to the church in this way. So, so for that person, especially give us just a, a summary kind of sales pitch for someone who would consider, you know, getting involved in August and preparing to be part of the launch to serve in First Impressions ministry in this ministry year. Totally. I could come up with lots. I think the list would be shorter of reasons to not. Um, But in all serious, if you've been visiting us uh, for a while, perhaps you intentionally wanted to just come without plugging into anything. But if you're looking for a sense of community, that belonging, that inner circle, I would say two things. Uh, Joining a First Impressions team, A, doesn't require a police check and you can start next week. But no, it's also a great area to serve, as we said before, if you're wanting to not only serve in order to contribute to the things that are happening around here, but it's also a way to receive in the area of relationship that you'll build and gain with your team. I almost guarantee you will uh, probably meet some amazing folks on your team um, that you would join. And, you know, if you are walking through the doors and greeting, you'll not only meet your team, but you'll actually have the opportunity to meet you know, the folks that maybe you know in another context and you're here, but you're on the front line to just, you know, being being in like we said before. So if you've ever felt the pain of unsurety or a little bit of angst walking through a set of doors and not knowing folks, I can guarantee that week after weeks, we have folks who are walking with the same feeling and yet we have an opportunity to do something about that. So to lower the angst, uh, to help us do that, I just would, uh, you know, strongly encourage you to jump on our team. And in that sense, I appreciate you'd said this before too. Like the the, in some cases, the most effective members of first impressions are people who are new enough to still empathize with the angst of what it's like to come into an uncomfortable, unsure setting. So you know, don't live in the myth that you've got to be around here for a decade before you can exercise hospitality and welcome people to to the home, so to speak. Uh, you know, this can be a great opportunity for, for people to, to begin to serve right at the get-go. Final question as we wrap up here, Chris, is, is a little broader than just first impressions ministry as a formal ministry, because we talk around here about how programs ultimately try to drive lifestyle. And I know in your heart and certainly in mine, there's a sense in which we'd love everybody to act like they were first impressions ministry team members. So can you just share a a bit of a heart for all of our members uh, to, to, we call it companies coming, right? To have kind of a companies coming approach where even as we're attending, we would be more hosts than guests. Talk about just embracing for all of our members, whether we're part of a formal position in first impressions ministry or not, what it would be like if all of us, especially as members, acted like hosts more than guests, especially on Sundays. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I can often or I'll often hear from people is, you know, that they're nervous or they're unsure or they don't know if that person wants to talk to them or wants them to actually approach them. And, uh, you know, it's the very fact that they're feeling that way that I would say, you know, that person's actually sitting there feeling the same, the same thing. So, you know, to the always on, I mean, we even have those conversations amongst our first impressions teams. You know, I, I said before, you're scheduled one in four weeks. Uh, but we would really just want to to build in our teams as a bit of a DNA around here that, you know, coming to church, coming here on a Sunday morning, yeah, it's about making connections. That's about seeing people you know, maybe you haven't talked to in a while. But to always have that lens, that peripheral view of who's new, who's here, who can ma- who could I actually make uh, an impact on in you know in my choices this morning? And a lot of time when we a lot of times when we take the pressure off of you know am I going to make am I going to wreck that person's day or am I going to make them feel awkward? If we can actually just have the mindset that we have the ability to make you know just a huge you know change or a different. Uh, different than someone's experience by just kind of stepping out of our comfort zone and seeing more their needs first than our own fears that we might have. Yeah, I hope that every one of us as members, whether we feel like we're gifted in this, whether we have the availability to play a formal position in First Impressions Ministry, I hope today that we would be gripped, first of all, by the impact that hospitality can have by the effect that a first impression on someone new can make, and by the way that that embodies the life and person and love of Jesus. And I hope that in addition to any formal roles that we might play or think of playing or maybe even uh, invite others to play in our first impressions ministry— Chris, I know many times we've imagined what it would be like for, you know, the thousands of us across our locations who show up regularly to have that game on mentality where we're hosts instead of guests and can live, to use that house metaphor that you started with, to live in a way where, hey, company's coming again today. And as I come with my family and as I, you know, check in my kids or get my spot where I like to sit or whatever, can I, whether this is a formal position or not, can I have a first impressions ministry mentality to exude the welcoming heart of Jesus because it's my way of life and it's how I do church in community in in this way. So thousands of us being part of our first impressions ministry would be the dream, uh, knowing that we do have a a formal ministry and some formal roles and appreciate you leading that, Chris. Uh, It's been great to hear more about it today as we try to build that team for the fall. So uh, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, Looking forward to talking again next week as we continue uh, finding our way as a community. Take care.